Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. Another big news day. The 44th day of summer and it's National Watermelon Day. We used to just eat watermelon because it was delicious, right? And relatively inexpensive compared to most other fruit. At least it used to be. But in recent years, we're hearing more and more about the health benefits of watermelon as well. So eat up on National Watermelon Day. Today is also IPA Day, celebrating the India Pale Ale, a popular style of beer known for its strong hop flavors and higher alcohol content is mostly what makes it more popular, I think. While IPAs have become very popular in the United States thanks to the craft beer revolution, the IPA was originally developed in England more than a century ago, well over a century ago. And on the calendar, of never-ending made-up holidays. Today is also Grab Some Nuts Day. I'll leave the jokes to you on that one so I don't get in trouble. But Grab Some Nuts Day, developed by the nut companies, encourages people to eat healthy nuts like walnuts, almonds, and cashews. And today, Thursday, August the 3rd, 2023, is the day that Donald Trump, the former president of the United States, goes to federal court. Again, this time in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., to hear the most recent charges brought against him, these related to the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol building. Former U.S. Attorney for Washington, D.C., Joe DeGeneva, on Newsmax. I believe that the President of the United States has been indicted in a district where the jury pool will be uncompromisingly anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti-Trump, And he has drawn a judge in this judge, Tanya Chutkin, who will not be fair, cannot be fair, has been one of the worst sentencers in all the January 6th cases. The president got a very bad draw today. And believe me, under no circumstances can he avoid conviction now in the District of Columbia. President Trump's legal spokesperson and general counsel for the Save America PAC, Alina Haba, discussed it on Rob Schmidt tonight. There's more to this judge. Not only has she been giving overzealous sentences for the, the January Sixers, she also apparently has worked with Hunter Biden in the past. Yes, she was part of a law firm where Hunter Biden, I believe, was of counsel or on the board. Uh, that was reported today. You know, there are processes that we can go through if we do believe that this judge is compromised or won't be able to give a fair shake. It's a motion for recusal. The only issue with recusal motions, and I'm not familiar with the criminal court system, but in civil law, that's what we do, is that the judge decides whether they can be impartial. Um, I've seen that come down and then... So she has to decide whether or not she stays... That's how it works in the civil court. So we'll see how it works. I'll leave that to our criminal attorneys, but um, that's typically what you do. But I can't see how you could possibly be a, a person who donates to the Democratic Party, a person who sat on the board with the current president and political opponent to President Trump's son, and then sit and oversee this case. That just doesn't make sense to me. We have heard from other attorneys, including Newsmax legal analyst and Harvard Law professor Alan Dershowitz, that Trump's legal team will immediately ask for a change of venue and should get it. That was on one of the Newsmax Daily podcasts last week. And for his defense... 
Just two days ago, we won on presidential immunity, something that a lot of people aren't speaking about. Presidential immunity exists for presidents to be able to address the public when they have concerns of public interest, when they have concerns at all, without getting sued, without putting themselves in jeopardy, because they are a sitting president, which the president was on January 6th. Yeah. He truly did believe the election had deficiencies. Right. And we know that. And there are people that did. So they're going to have a hard time with this one, even the, in D.C. The indictment claims that Trump knew that his claims were false, though, because he says that his staffers, some of his staffers were telling them that his claims were false. So they're trying to allege in this indictment that because he had people telling him that he was wrong, that means that he knew that what he was saying was false. Which I, it's, he has people telling him all sorts of different things. Absolutely. He has to decide who he's going to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. It's if you have multiple attorneys working with you in the Oval Office, and I give you advice to do one thing, and another attorney gives you advice to do another, you decide based on your legal counsel, which he had, mm -hmm. based on any counsel which he had, and he had multiple political and legal counsel advising him at that time. So I'm not as concerned based on the facts. Am I concerned about a, a D.C. jury? Of course, nobody can right. can get in front of a D.C. jury as well, a Republican. Trump legal spokesperson Alina Haba on Rob Schmidt tonight. Trump had the option to attend today's arraignment virtually, but he chose to appear in person. He didn't have to appear in person. He will be digitally fingerprinted, but like the last time, a mugshot is not expected to be taken. Meanwhile, while former vice president, now presidential candidate Mike Pence, who was at the center of January 6th. Sadly, the president was surrounded by a group of crackpot lawyers that kept telling him what his itching ears wanted to hear. And while I made my case to him of what I understood my oath of the Constitution to require uh, the president ultimately, uh, ultimately, you know, continued to demand uh, that I choose him over the Constitution. Some of those so-called crackpot lawyers are likely to be named as co-conspirators, as I mentioned yesterday in this case. Pence back in his home state at the Indiana State Fair yesterday. I had hoped that uh, uh, this issue and the judgment of the president's actions that day would be left to the American people. Uh, but now it's been brought uh, in a criminal indictment, and I, uh, I can't assess whether or not the government has the evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt what they assert in the indictment. And we get more from the Chris Salcedo show. Yet no Democrat or Democrat enabling Republican is under indictment for doing the same things. I don't support, nor did I vote for a banana Republic standard of justice we have under Democrats and pro-Democrat Republicans. Today, we learned that the U.S. credit rating was downgraded due to a, quote, steady deterioration in standards of governance, end quote under Democrats and pro-Democrat Republicans like Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn of Texas. Our government is assassinating our constitutional republic, our rights, and our way of life. Our current government is a downgrade we the people can no longer afford. Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show, who spoke about it with former presidential candidate Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, it's great to see you. If the Surrender Caucus GOP and the Democrats succeed in this gambit, allowing a sitting president to weaponize government, to take out a candidate who isn't invested in covering for all the government's malign activity against our people, will we ever, sir, have a fair election in this country again? Well, that's a very good question. It's a serious question. You know, the fact of the matter is our, our founders uh, kind of anticipated a lot of things. And studying governments throughout history, they recognize that governments tend to grow, infiltrate, and dominate. 
And they put together a constitution that would keep ours from doing that. In that constitution, they gave oversight to Congress of the executive branch. And they created a situation where each branch could keep an eye on the others. However, Congress's enforcement arm was the Justice Department. If the Justice Department is in the pocket of the executive branch, then there is no mechanism in order to alleviate the problem of a corrupt executive branch. This is what we're seeing right now. It's a very severe problem. The only solution to which is the people have to understand what's going on and massively demonstrate that in voting. However, the likelihood of them doing that is decreased when you have a media that has forgotten its responsibility. The reason that the media, the press, is the only business protected by the Constitution is because they were supposed to disseminate unbiased information to the people so the people would actually know what's going on so they correct the thing correct the thing during elections. So we have a very serious situation going on here. And uh, the people are going to have to wake up. It's going to be the only solution. Dr. Ben Carson on The Chris Salcedo Show, must-watch Newsmax TV. And Wake Up America spoke with Wisconsin Congressman Scott Fitzgerald. I just want to get your reaction to this now third indictment of the former president. Yeah, when I heard Jack Smith kind of roll through the indictment, um, I anticipated that once you actually got into the meat of it, that there would be more there. There's just nothing there. It's unbelievable that uh, they have kind of nonchalantly uh, just wandered through these things as if, uh, you know, somehow they were substantiated. So it's it's shocking. It's troubling. And from uh, from the state of Wisconsin, which is mentioned in the indictment, uh, because of electors, it, it just, it, you ponder kind of the idea as to, you know, what was the real goal here originally? And, uh, you know, there is a lot of nuances in elections that somehow they think they've underscored at this point. So it's uh, it's really troubling, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance in this, this 40 plus page indictment. Uh, right, right on page one, the president lied about election fraud and knew there was no fraud. How do you get inside Donald Trump's head and prove that he knew there was no fraud? By the way, I think if you ask Donald Trump today, he still believes that he won the 2020 election. And by the way, that's his right. OK, he can believe that. Listen, um, I, I've worked with many candidates over the years in politics, and there's a lot of them that are convinced after the election is completed that there were just some irregularities. And in Wisconsin, during COVID, uh, we had clerks that were cutting corners and, and actually accommodating a lot of different things that weren't aligned with statutes because of COVID. So, you know, it's not only his prerogative, but I think there's still a lot of people in my state that are wondering, were corners cut during that election cycle? Yeah. So for, for this prosecutor to now say, Hey, listen, we've, we've absolutely got the goods on all of these items, I think is it's outlandish at this point. Wisconsin Congressman Scott Fitzgerald, with every one of the Trump indictments and all stories concerning any president of the United States, no matter who it is, but especially indictments or any story really concerning the U.S. government in general. 
I always remind you that the world is watching. Some people think that's hyperbole, but the world is always watching us. When Biden made multiple gaffes in the UK a couple of weeks ago, I played audio of news agencies in other countries laughing at him and laughing at us. More from Greta Van Sestren. This is a loud indictment and it has been heard all around the world. Tonight, America's friends and foes are watching as former President Donald Trump is indicted again. This makes number three indictment. The former president is set to be arraigned tomorrow here in Washington, D.C. And to give you an idea of the world's reaction and, its inten and how intense it is, here's just a sample of the headlines. In Germany, Trump sins America's tragedy. In Ukraine, a decisive trial awaits Trump. In Iran, Trump hit with a sweeping indictment. And American judge presidents are not kings. In Russia, charges against Trump punishable with lengthy prison sentences. And this blistering one, Trump indictment shows free, fair 2024 election no longer possible, watchdog says. Meanwhile, in communist China, Trump indicted with high support rate. A U.S. democracy accelerates decadence. Samaritan's Purse President and CEO Reverend Franklin Graham joins me. Nice to see you, Reverend. And tell me um, your sort of sort of global reaction to you know this indictment and the impact on the United States. Well, Greta, it's a sad day for America. It's a sad day for our, our politics. I think uh, democracy that uh, we know it is uh, is fleeting pretty quickly in this country. When you think of President Trump, uh, the 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 Russia gate, and we, that's all we heard for several years. Russia collusion with Russia, and we turned and found out that was uh, a lie, a hoax. And there's been no investigation into into bringing any of those people, or excuse me, there's been no indictment against those people responsible for that. And then remember, we heard nothing about his taxes. We have to see his tax returns. We have to see the tax returns. Well, okay, those tax returns. Are, I think they don't talk about that anymore. Then there's been uh, women, a uh, number of women, whether these accusations are true, I don't know, but they just seem to come out of the woodwork and the Democratic uh, Party and the media get behind those uh, claims. And it seems as though these indictments coming this close to the election, all this is an attempt to wound him enough, to, to inflict enough political wounds on this man to where it will be impossible for him to run. The left is scared to death of Donald Trump. That is not a Republican politician toting the line for Trump. That is Reverend Franklin Graham, the son of the late Reverend Billy Graham, president of an amazing missionary called Samaritan's Purse, which has been featured on Newsmax before. They do terrific work around the world. I spent 14 months living and working in Charlotte, North Carolina. I got to see and know a little bit more about Samaritan's Purse. They're headquartered in Boone, North Carolina, up in the mountains, about 90 minutes outside of Charlotte. They have flown more than 40, 40 relief missions with supplies, all kinds of supplies, medical, food, etc., to Ukraine. They have operations in 15 countries. If you are not familiar with Samaritan's Purse and what they do, definitely check them out, learn some more about it. And more on what he was saying 
Democrats are also afraid of and don't like Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. You probably won't hear this on some other networks, but there was some news yesterday, big news in the ongoing battle between Walt Disney World and DeSantis. Disney's governing district, the Reedy Creek District, which you heard a lot about several months ago, the current board was picked by DeSantis and his staff in February after all the hoopla blew up uh, last year. They abolished just yesterday or this week, abolished all of its diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. A statement from the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District cited an internal investigation into the Reedy Creek District's policies claiming the district implemented hiring and contracted programs that discriminated against Americans based on gender and race, costing taxpayers millions of dollars. I'm quoting from the written statement, the so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives are advanced, that were advanced, excuse me, during the tenure of the previous board, and they were illegal and simply un-American. Our district will no longer participate in an attempt to divide us by race or advance the notion that we are not all created equal. So the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District said it will dissolve the DEI committee and eliminate any job duties relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion. That is a big win for the Florida governor and the millions of conservatives in the great state of Florida. And in Louisiana, public schools are now required to display the national motto of in God we trust, inside of classrooms, under a new law that went into effect on August 1st. The law known as HB8, signed by Governor John Bell Edwards in June, states that each classroom must have a minimum requirement of at least a paper sign saying, in God we trust. The previous law, passed back in early 2018, stated that each school must have In God We Trust displayed in the school, somewhere within the building. The new law says in each classroom. And remember the U.S. soldier that crossed over the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea a couple of weeks ago? 23-year-old Army Private Travis King, who we haven't really heard much about since a NATO general said last week that they were in communication with North Korea, something you heard right here in the Newsmax Daily. Some of King's family members, including his mother, were on Good Morning America. Just going across that border is basically just committing suicide. And I can't see him doing that. And Myron Gates, King's uncle, said they have reached out to a variety of elected officials, local and national, and that the family has not heard from the Biden administration and wishes that the White House would do more. If you are not already watching Newsmax, I remind you that Newsmax is available on AT&T, Comcast, Spectrum, Fios, Xfinity, Cox Cable, DirecTV, Dish, and most other cable systems. It's also available on platforms like Apple TV, Amazon, Roku, Zumo, and more. Going to be a big day on Wall Street, Amazon, and Apple reporting earnings, I believe, after the bell. Amazon's definitely after the bell, so it could be a big day tomorrow, but keep an eye out for that. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for downloading the Newsmax Daily. Check out some of the other great Newsmax podcasts as well. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Stay safe and keep on fighting the good fight. 
News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.